0: You're listening to Self-Worst. This is a podcast about failure, day jobs, bad habits, and mental health. We talk about trauma, we talk about art, we talk about spiritualism, imposter syndrome, perfectionism, meritocracy, and mediocrity each week. Artists, designers, losers, dirtbags, musicians, degenerates, comedians, actors, fuck-ups, scholars, crazies, filmmakers, veterans, sluts, commies, weirdos, activists, addicts, teachers, fatties, queers, and all other types of beautiful people. Join me, Brad Pearson, in a discussion of what to do with this stupid sacred life are you blessed or are you cursed with a strong imagination and a spiritual thirst do you want to confide about the darkness inside come and talk about it on self-worth <sighs> it's hot out it's very very hot out here in new york but kind of everywhere Ooh. I do not envy the Pacific Northwest right now. They're like literally melting. We're all going to die. The climate change, climate apocalypse is upon us. Power lines are melting. Things are falling apart. That's going to be the fun issue is uh, figuring out, is, is seeing all of the infrastructure problems that climate change causes that are just beyond just climate related, like destroying agriculture, just like makes our. Uh, electricity shut down. Melts our roads. You know, just just shit makes buildings collapse. You know, like things that we... Like secondary stuff that we're like, oh shit, oops. It's gonna be great. It's a stressful week. It's hot. Reading all this information about the Delta variant, that is not fun for my mental health. Breakthrough cases, vaccinated people. I mean it I knew this was a thing it, we, we, this isn't any new information. there's a lot of stuff coinciding that were you know giving me a lot of anxiety this week. I want to talk about all that later. I'm gonna do a bonus episode I, I have some thoughts. I have too many thoughts in fact that is kind of always been my problem. so i'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit about my anxiety on a different uh, on a bonus episode on the patreon I don't want I don't want to get into it right now. Because we got other shit to do. This week, we're talking to cartoonist Madeline Horwath. Uh, You might have seen her work in a little publication called The New Yorker. You ever heard of it? It'd be really funny if you hadn't. That's like a whole guy. I I invent a whole guy. He's never heard of The New Yorker. He's like, what's that? Is there an old Yorker? Was there an original Yorker magazine? It's a magazine. What are you talking about? What's New York? I've n- no I don't know what that is. What? Is that is that funny? Is that a bit? Is that a uh a, 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 inventing a guy who's uh never heard of New York or the New Yorker. It's funny. Anyway, uh I've been following Madeline's work. Uh you can find her work uh Madeline Horwath just like it sounds on Instagram. Um she's been really prolific lately uh making all kinds of shit. Uh just really great um organic uh watercolory uh cartoons, single panel usually. Not always, but usually. Um and it's just it's just funny shit. The ability to distill a joke down into a single image and a single sentence—it is much harder than it looks. It takes a special kind of brain, and we're dealing with a special kind of brain today on this episode. And uh, you know, it was kind of a different vibe. I've been talking to just a string of comedians, extroverted, very uh, you know, chatty folks. She's a little different. I wouldn't say she's shy or anything exactly, but she's you know just a different vibe, just a, a more introspective, introverted kind of uh, kind of character, and um, it's nice. I want to bring different vibes to the show. I want to bring you a whole variety of vibes, like a high quality sex toy. Hey. It was fun to talk to just a, a visual artist. I haven't talked to visual artists in a while. Um, I haven't talked to, um, I mean, I haven't even made any visual art in a while. I, I've I've not drawn anything for months. I don't know what's happening to me. I used to draw every day, and then and then I just stopped, and it's just like that 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 valve is just closed right now. I I don't know. I don't know what it is. But it's always great to talk to somebody who, who, who works in the realm of visual art because uh, that's always going to be a thing that I love. And, uh, you know, talking, just talking process, talking materials, talking about what kind of paper and shit. Like, it's just, that's, uh, you know, some, some art nerd shit that's been with me my whole life. And I haven't, haven't had a chance to talk to a lot of people about it lately. It's nice anyway um that's about it let's you know housekeeping patreon.com slash self-worst please 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 uh give me some money give me some money come on I know you got a lot of it if you're the kind of person listening to this podcast you must be rich because I filed this podcast under you know financial advice got all the fucking uh crypto and uh, uh, financial advisor, uh, finance bros, listening to this podcast. It's you know this is definitely their kind of podcast. So I know you got a lot of money. I know you live in like a, a soulless high rise apartment with white walls and generic art and floor to ceiling windows. Um. Oh. I'm, I'm getting some notifications. Madeline is uh, right now uh, DMing me on Instagram about some, you know, uh, behind the scenes stuff what image to use and when to post the thing and all of that stuff. You get, you get a little peek behind the curtain because I forgot to turn off the sound on my iPad. Oops. Anyway, this is an unhinged intro. It's hot in here. I don't know what to tell you. I had to turn off the AC for sound. I've just been kind of sitting in here, just sort of hesitating to, you know, the start. I always do that. Know every episode that you listen to when I'm talking into this mic. Know that I have been sitting in this chair for at least five minutes just staring out the window with the microphone on. Like, unsure, like, uh. You know that meme of Quentin Tarantino just like walking around his house and like staring at the walls? That's me. Anyway, patreon.com slash self Um That's all. I'll, I'll give you more info after the after the interview. That's all. Let's, for the love of God, move into the interview with Madeline Horwell Yeah, so uh, let's start with just sort of a brief origin story. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, and uh, you know uh, where you came from, how you came to be who you are now.
1: Yeah, um, I was born and raised in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, I did art classes, and I was an art major in college, but I didn't really go to any sort of specialty art school or like art. College. So I didn't really think of it as a realm of possibility in career wise. Um, and after college, I was just sort of lost wandering around the country, working odd job to odd job. And I guess where I got to where I was was I was co producing a comedy show, and it was just making me like very unhappy. And so I basically had to leave the show and I just sort of, sort of just focused on myself, on my own thing. And in my free time, I would just doodle on like a notepad and without any sort of concerted effort to be a cartoonist. And people said, That's the New Yorker cartoon format, and so so I decided to submit, and I got in.
0: Uh, What was the comedy show? It was like a live show or a TV show?
1: It was a live show. It was one of the co-producers was Megan Stalter, who's now on the new HBO show.
0: Yeah, she's great.
1: Well, (laughs) Working with her prompted me to quit comedy. (laughs) Um, Whatever. Um,
0: I mean, you know, I I I talk to a lot of comedians and I I uh, rub elbows with a lot of comedians and it's you know it is like a very mixed bag of personalities like t- types of people who yeah. you know you might want to work with for say twelve hours a day. It can it can be a lot. So like you know, yeah, I feel you.
1: And when people come to Chicago or pursue comedy to be famous, like they're not there to like their priority isn't like being fair or nice to everyone. It's like to get ahead and I can never like hold a grudge against her for doing that because she's pretty upfront about, well, kind of, um, not really. I mean, she, that was her goal. So, and it clashed and because, but because of that, I quit performing and yeah, I'm much, I'm much happier.
0: That was a big thing with me my first couple of years in New York. um, I was working in film production and the amount of just ego and ambition uh, that was that was in that whole scene was just made me wanna shoot myself. So yeah. I, I mean, I stopped because like, I just couldn't fucking handle it anymore. I was just like, I'm getting too depressed. I'm spiraling, I'm gaining all this weight. I'm just getting like really fucked up all the time. And like, yeah. I don't like where my head is at. I don't like that I'm constantly comparing myself to all these people who I hate, you know, <laughs> like just people that, like I, who I, I, I want to be like them. And I don't like them. Yeah. Or I want to, like, impress them somehow, and I don't fucking like them. So what I, am I doing?
1: I think one thing I've learned through performing comedy and then quitting comedy is when there's someone who's, like, successful, there's, like, a whole story behind them reaching success. And if I don't know the story behind this person's success, I just like can't bring myself to like fully enjoy them.
0: Right. You because so, you assume that there's some sort of skeleton in the closet.
1: And it's, I It's not even that I. Or assume. at least, very
0: you know, rich parents is usually the answer. Oh god. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> People, it's a yeah. It's a common joke, but then then you realize
0: oh wow no no it's a thing and it's okay like when people are upfront about it i'm i'm okay with that there's this comedian i really like named randall otis um i think he's based here in new york i've never met him but his twitter bio it just says rich parents (laughs) and he just he's just like yeah my my parents are rich so that's why i get to do comedy for a living
1: that's
0: wow. good. And that's that's great. Like be honest about it and if you can be a class trader, then I'm really on your side cuz I know yeah. a lot of like uh socialists with rich parents and I have no fucking problem with them cuz I'm just like okay, then you grew up with capitalism benefiting you and you're still and you still see the problem. So kudos. It's, it's
1: it's if they like It's fine if they like actually take the initiative to incorporate it into their life if they still revel in the benefiting off the capitalist lifestyle Mm. while preaching leftism then that's where i like have issue sure i just think that's then they're actually using it for image
0: can you talk a little bit about um, your process? and you said that you know your your work fits perfectly in the uh, New Yorker comic uh, format, which it, it does. I mean, like there is a thing. like there's you know it's like a, usually a single panel, there's usually text and it just sort of it fits. Yeah. but um, how y- you came around to that and and how you keep yourself in that sort of parameter.
1: I may have to be in the right state of mind for it to make it because like this past few months or like this past year, I was definitely not in the right state of mind. And I just like was not selling any cartoons. It was just like constantly and I wasn't making a lot. Hmm. But now I can actually have the process. Like I'm doing so much better. Um so now I can actually take part in the process where I sit down and I like think them through and I edit them and I was finally able to sell one after like this huge dry spell. But some sometimes it's just it pops my head when I'm going on walks because I I love I, for me walking is like big. Mm. I have to get in at least twenty thousand steps like almost every day like it just i i need it that's really important for my process um in new york you get that South yeah
0: I, I get my steps in plus i'm a dog walker that's my day job so like that's a big yeah. part of just you know I, I walk around in my head for better or worse every day <laughs> like sometimes it's not yeah. so good to be there and like that's when i need to like turn on podcasts or music or like talk to somebody because you know it can be a mixed bag uh just walking around with only your own thoughts
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I live on this trail. It's kind of like that. Was it? The High Line in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called the um, 606. And yesterday I was just kind of rambling to myself and I passed a stand up comedian who was rambling to herself. So. Um, so that was like, that's just sort of like what I need to do. And the quarantine and winter, It was just, like, not possible. So that's really important. And then sometimes I'll play this game that's just there making connections, like, A to B to C, where I'll think of a word, it reminds me of this, reminds me of that, and I can bring it back. Because a lot of those cartoons, if you look at the cartoons, it is making connections between things that are seemingly unconnected. Right. And if you can do that, then you're already like in a good step to making the cartoons.
0: Interesting. That's cool. Do you write them down first? I mean, this is, this is kind of one of those like, uh, I don't know, uh, hack music journalist, uh, uh, questions of like do you write the lyrics or the music first but like do you do you write the do you have an image in mind first or do you have the the words and context in mind
1: it's together honestly like with comics and like cartooning it's not even for me personally it's not even like one comes first they just have to be so connected Mm -hmm. that you can't that just for me personally, I, I just like can't think of one without the other. And so when I'm thinking them down, I'll think of the idea and I'll just like write a quote, like a two or three words that's just sort of like hints to it. And then in my mind, it like comes, it comes to me when I read it again. Right. Uh, sometimes when I'm falling asleep, like, and I'm just like, truly my mind is clear because I'm just trying to sleep An idea will come to me and I just text. idea to myself so I don't have to actually like physically write anything yeah get up so it's a lot of different processes um there have been times where I've had to like workshop the same general concept over and over again before I get a sale and there are times where I just sort of throw it in the batch I'm like "Mm, that's fine and then I get a sale it's like it's really a mixed bag which is nice to, like,
0: realize there's not one right way to do it. There's yeah. just multiple. I, I've um, had a mixed bag of success with writing ideas to myself <clears throat> in shorthand <laughs> because I have had the experience, I don't know if this has happened to you, where you write down, like, two or three words when you're half asleep or you're high or whatever and you think it's a great idea and you have, like, you're just, like, right, you know, just like, uh, d- Venom pillows, and then you you think that it's the you have all this, I these ideas attached to it, and then you wake up the next morning and you look at it and you're like, What the fuck was this? Or you or you forget to check your um, I've I've written things on my like notes app and forgotten about it for like six months and then go back to it. There's like there's some note in there from like October that's just these like random sentences. I'm just like, I don't, I don't know how it's supposed to be. I was in some sort of liminal space when I wrote this.
1: When you, if you have an iPhone, you can literally text yourself. Yeah, and so that's what I do. I literally text my own number, and then I get the notification.
0: Yeah, so it's easier if it's in your own text. That's what I've discovered. I, I mean, like a lot of this was like pre-smartphone when I was figuring out how to do this. I saw uh, Twin Peaks. You know, like every fucking jerk off in our generation who <laughs> went to art school, um, and was and was really into the idea of uh, keeping a tape recorder on me and just like recording. And like, if I would like wake up and have an idea in the night, I would like s- say it into the tape recorder because I th- I thought that I was like fucking Dale Cooper. And uh, the tapes are probably out there still somewhere, and it's just like my my like tired groggy voice, just like have an idea. And yeah and it just it didn't it didn't really work out i was like that's there's got to be some other way to do this
1: yeah i mean i'm never gonna like go to david lynch for like practical advice
0: <laughs> no
1: it's definitely i think he tries to like portray the opposite of that
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but yeah it's it's totally a mixed bag I mean, I did this one comic that was, like, pretty long where woman – I don't know if you read the Shoot to the Moon comic where the woman's having sex and sh- the guy yeah. shoots her. That was, like, an idea that came to me as I was dozing off to sleep and I just wrote Sex to Moon. And then it just sort of just carried itself from there. Yeah. I think once you, like, know your own mind and stuff – you'll get a hang of it like I just figured out for me to like really be able to focus on like if I'm reading a book I need the tv on because I'm able to read in a chaotic environment Mm. so I can just sort of like escape to this book so sometimes it takes a while to figure out like what the process is for you but like It works, whatever. James Joyce used to just sort of, in the morning, put his typewriter on a suitcase on his bed and just type while he was in bed. Yeah. So it's just like whatever works.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is pretty much whatever works as long as it's, you know, as long as it's some sort of sustainable process that isn't, you know... Yeah. I mean, that isn't like like many other writers, you know, that doesn't involve like drinking yourself to death. Um, but, you know, there there's there's that half of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, so far as process, like how long does it take you usually to um to make a fully formed cartoon?
1: It depends. Like when I'm so if I'm sending in like a sort of a submission in my batch, It's a sketch. It doesn't have to look fantastic. Mm -hmm. So that takes like a few minutes. But then when it's a fully formed cartoon that is ready for publication, that can take a while. That can take a couple hours to do. Mm. Because you just want the detail and it's going to be published. So you just like want a good image. And then for stuff that's just like, I don't know, post I made yesterday with the cake. I just took thirty minutes as I was like waking up.
0: It's, yeah. Have it, you always have you always worked in uh, mostly just watercolor, uh, paper, and ink?
1: Yeah. Um, so I did in college. So I do now, and it's literally because it's just sort of what I feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Doing the inks and water colors, and then I always like stick to the same inks. Like I, I only keep like black and the primary colors. Wow, and then I mix them. Yeah, so that's just what I like. I like to keep it simple. Not buy a lot of inks. Sure, mix them. There's use the same yeah,
0: nib. the same nib.
1: Yeah, the it's same. just India
0: ink on a nib
1: hmm yep the dip
0: there's what kind of paper do you use it looks like it has some teeth
1: yeah it's like watercolor paper mm. so you can see the ink on yeah I like the, the texture I really love the texture
0: it does something I mean I've been working uh, I mean I haven't drawn anything for months now but when I do like I've switched over to a lot of digital stuff, a lot of like iPad stuff, which is fine and like for me like since I use, I go through so many like layers of sketches before I have like a solid uh composition down, uh that's useful to be able to like eliminate layers and not have just like a like crusted up piece of paper. Um yeah. but there's something lost. There's some like there is something that doesn't come through in a digital Drawing—it's yeah. just not quite the same. Um yeah. I've seen people do beautiful shit on an iPad, but it's—it's right. it's usually because they can also do something really fucking incredible with with paper or canvas too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's 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 hard, and and there's a lot of digital art that looks like absolute butt because it looks very digital.
1: Yeah, yeah, I. I'm. I have nothing against it. I just don't feel like learning a new skill set
0: mm-hmm.
1: when I'm still trying to figure out. Like, I'm starting to get a grasp on my style, kind of shaky lines and ink and like box coloring. Yeah. But like, as I'm like beginning to actually like form a aesthetic style. I don't feel like picking up a new skill.
0: You definitely have a style. And I think it's a good idea to, um, you know, stick within certain parameters. Um, I talked to uh, Alec McDonald, Alec with pen, um, uh, quite a long time ago now, but what he was saying, and he works digital. um, And he only allows himself to use a couple different brushes in, I think he uses Procreate. I don't really remember he uses one of those apps one of those programs he only yeah. use allows himself to use like uh like you like like four color swatches and then like a couple um a couple different brushes and that's it because he said he he would drive himself crazy picking all these different and and I do this too like the the latitude especially in digital what you can do just like gets too crazy and i have way too many times piled on too many ideas onto a single drawing that was totally great when it was just line art and then i added all this bullshit
1: right yeah i yeah i get very overwhelmed by a lot even when it's like deciding what to get at the grocery store hmm. so as long as i just like keep it simple and stick to like primary colors and knowing color theory it's just like so much easier it's so much easier because I just don't want to get overwhelmed. And if I give myself these parameters, then yeah, my style will develop more organically. And if I feel comfortable stepping out of them, then that will just come to me.
0: Right. Um, so Your work, you, you've been pretty prolific um, lately, especially like you're, you're beginning a project of you're going to do a full year of a comic a day. Is that what I understand?
1: It's just like how I feel, like mm. how I see myself. Or like my interaction with the world just sort of like a summer like or how i feel waking up i think that's what it's going to change too is like how i feel when i wake up in the morning
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'm still trying to figure out luckily i'm only on day six mm-hmm. and so i truly like don't know where it's gonna go but it really is just sort of how i'm feeling how I see myself. And, you know, I'm not trying to, like, be transformative. I just think it's, like, a nice, fun thing to do.
0: Yeah. I think it's going to... I mean, I've, I'm looking forward to seeing this project, um, you know, and, and and what may come of it. If there's, like, a 10-day slump where you're just like, I'm depressed again today. I don't, I don't want to do anything today. You know, it's just, like, 10 blackout pages. Like, so be it. I don't know. I think that that, that would just... I mean, that will over time, paint the story of a whole year. And there are those like sort of blackout periods in a year where you're just like having a shitty week or whatever.
1: That's what I plan to do is like, just be honest Mm -hmm. and see how it develops. Um, It's just some structure to give me. I'm really not intending for it to like really go anywhere. I don't really think it will, to be honest. But it's really just something to give me some structure and reflection on, like, how I'm feeling.
0: Hmm. Um, When you make your work, do you ever have a, a first draft that you bounce off of somebody else? Or do you usually just... Like, I mean, so far as getting notes from a submission to the New Yorker for a drawing, that might be a different thing. But, like, do you have, like uh other artists who you like run a joke by like oh i'm thinking of this that joke and like and kind of like test it like you would if you were doing like if you're doing stand-up like you test a joke in a room a couple of times to see how to time it out
1: yeah it's really varied um uh, sometimes it's like artists are cartoonists sometimes it's people whose just sense of humor i respect mm-hmm. and i really get so i have a friend david who lives in virginia Office job, now since high school, and really, it's just like I trust his like taste and humor, and so I'll run things by him a lot just to see like if this is the look I'm going for.
0: Um, are, I, are you are you cartooning full time now?
1: Um, no, it doesn't really pay enough to like constitute full-time these days it's just like not the same industry yeah so i'm gonna be looking for like a part-time job
0: what so, uh sort of day jobs do you typically have
1: it varies i'm hoping i don't know what to expect um watch I mean, i've done so much retail in my life mm. and i you know i cannot go back to retail
0: I mean, it fucking sucks. Yeah.
1: It sucks. My mom is, I had to tell my mom, I'm like, she doesn't understand why I can't go back to it because she's never done it. And then once she admitted that, like, yeah, she doesn't understand how much it sucks, then she's like, okay.
0: I feel like a lot of like upper management in retail is beginning to understand uh, that not a lot of people want to come back to the jobs either because like you've seen all over the internet just like signs posted up at uh, McDonald's and, and Macy's and all kinds of places where it's just like uh, nobody wants to work and it's like well yeah nobody nobody wanted that shitty job before the pandemic and now nobody wants it still because it's it sucks like and you don't pay enough yeah it always exactly. sucked. You just had people cornered, and now you don't.
1: It's almost like they're going to have to start paying more and providing benefits. We
0: could maybe do something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like that is maybe one potential uh, positive byproduct of this whole uh, horrific disaster that we've been through. Um, Is that (laughs) maybe it could be time for... Uh, worker solidarity. Maybe it could be a time for a little bit of like, you know, labor organizing and 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 you know stuff like that. And like now that people are beginning to realize that there's power um, in in labor, maybe, maybe. But probably we'll just be pitted against each other <laughs> again.
1: The economy and value in labor did, and the end of like the beginning of the end of serfdom did occur after. The second plague wave.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, so, and then like our economy bounces back again after 1918 Spanish flu pandemic. So, you know, there might be a pattern.
0: Yeah. It's possible. But
1: we're in a completely different kind of world where like billionaires aren't taking in all the money.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, You know, Karl Marx failed to predict posting, you know, there's, there's just so many different factors now that aren't, uh, you know, really applicable to, you know, past generations and like lefty stuff. So it's, it's, it's really hard to say where we're going with all of that, but all of this to say like, uh, day jobs, being an artist uh, is, is kind of like a big theme on this show. Um, and especially since as you said most jobs in the arts don't pay enough to actually live off of you know and and it's this weird mixed bag it's this weird uh space this kind of awkward balancing act you have to do where you're like yes i do this not for money because i'm passionate about it, but also I do need to make money because I live under capitalism and I want to be paid fairly for my work. So, like, there is there is just this weird imbalance of, uh, I don't know, uh, arts and capital. You know? It always has been.
1: Yeah. And... At some point, I had to, like, realize that, you know, I need to do this because I enjoy it, because I can't rely on it solely as an income.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, and obviously, Mark's going to predict what, you know, society would be like today. I was talking to someone yesterday about, like, what would blow the mind of a medieval peasant if they came to the future or to the present day. And it's not the stuff that would blow our minds today. It would be like the spice aisle at a grocery store. It's just completely different view on the world, completely different world, different values.
0: Your work, um, has a lot of themes of uh, doom and anxiety, social anxiety, body image um which is of course why it resonated with me right away. Um, that's why I reached out to wanna you know talk to you on this show. Um, but can you talk a little bit about how you draw inspiration from those kind of, darker, not so fun to think about things.
1: It's all I think about. And it's the only way I can, like, <laughs> the only things I can make a humorous twist on. I don't know. Sometimes I'll do things that are not mental health related. It's just, I feel like it's just been lately it's been mental health related because my mental health has not been superb. Yeah. It's really what's ever on my mind for the time being. And since lately, yeah, it's been, like, mental health and body image, then that's what I'm going to be making stuff about.
0: Would you say those are, like, kind of your your main uh, issues, uh, mental health, body image, social anxiety?
1: I mean, personally, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I – it really – yeah, it really depends on, like, how – I'm feeling, like, in a period of time. But, times where I don't think that's what it's about. Because, I don't know, I guess because it's just so innate, those thoughts that I'll think it's about something else when it's just really about what the audience interprets
0: there seems to be um almost i don't know i don't know if cottage industry is the right term because again it's not like people are making a whole fuck ton of money off of this but um especially on instagram there is this i have like basically bookmarked oh hi cat um (laughs) the cat's walking across the screen um i have bookmarked this entire list uh and i have just have them saved under despair artists and it's just it's all just depressed artists on instagram and there's so many of them and they make brilliant oh, fucking work um but it's something that i think is uh really cool and new i think to our generation um that we are maybe the first generation to be so frank about mental health discussions going to therapy um taking antidepressants or whatever and so now it's something that is in the zeitgeist enough to where it's almost memeable you know
1: yeah and that's why I like don't want to like just be sort of the art an artist who talks about mental health right because yeah, I'm always like it's been done, but it's it's so relatable. So then I try to do like Sopranos stuff.
0: I mean, um, that's also I mean, fucking great. We we just rewatched the Sopranos over the pandemic. It's I mean, it's, I just
1: designed a brand new polywalnut Walnut sticker.
0: I just saw it. It was great. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's I mean, there's all I mean. It feels like the Sopranos have made a weird resurgence in the last couple of years on the internet.
1: Because I remember watching it, like, a new episode when it would air with my family. Because, like, my dad, you know, watching Sopranos is so, so weird. Tony and my dad are from, like, the same generation, grew up in sort of the same sort of area, like, a working-class Italian neighborhood. Mm -hmm. My dad in Pennsylvania for my dad, you know, strange relationship with a not-so-nice mother who still adored her grandchildren that their mannerisms and, like, just their cadence, the jokes they make, it's just, it's uncanny, and it's just so weird sometimes watching, like, Tony, on Tony Soprano, because I'm like, She's like, he's just like my dad. <laughs> so weird. It's so weird. It's definitely yeah. like an Italian thing, but my God. So that's why, like, one of the reasons I like it is just like, I know that culture, grew up around it. It's great. It's so weird. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I grew up in Virginia where there is definitely no Italian culture. Yeah. So it's just like so weird, like, with Sopranos. Recognizing this very New Jersey Italian culture,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but yeah, it was nothing. Yeah, it kind of sucked growing up in Virginia. There just like wasn't really anything there so distinctive that's like portrayed on TV beyond like the Confederacy. Yeah, um, I grew up in a Confederate town, so. Beats. Um, Yeah. Oh, God. So a friend of mine who, when I go to New York, I stay with, she just moved finally. Uh, She lives in North Bronx. Mm -hmm. And just having to, like, go from Brooklyn to the end of the line in North Bronx was truly...
0: It's a journey. (sighs) Yeah.
1: I mean, you have an easier
0: time getting out to Long Island or New Jersey. Like, it's...
1: Never been to Long Island. It's probably... And I don't know if I ever.
0: It's would. fine. I don't know. It's yeah, yeah. It's whatever. I
1: just assume it's like a bunch of rich kids.
0: Uh, I mean, there's like middle class families and shit from there. You know, like I, I, we just went, um, not that long ago. We went out to uh this area, Long Beach, um, which is just kind of like middle classy you know, beachy vibes out there. It's just, you know, it's just like regular looking houses and cars and, you know, it just looks like any suburban town. It's, you know, there's, there's like a target and a Taco Bell and like, it's just, it's just a, just bullshit, random, you know, American thing. So I don't know.
1: There's,
0: there's all kinds of stuff happening. Yeah. Like it, it, Long Island is, I mean it's huge. That's the thing. You know, like yeah. it's it's enormous. So like there's no real like one brush you can paint it with. Um, but yeah.
1: I mean, when I say rich kids, it mean what I mean is uh
0: uh-huh.
1: stand up comedians or alt <laughs> comedy people from Long Island.
0: There are yeah, there are a few. Um, you know, and, and like I I know a couple who, you know, they come from Uh, varying backgrounds uh you know like blue collar white collar backgrounds um but you know again it's it's it depends and then there are people who like they there are there's a whole thing of i mean i haven't really been exposed to this much but there's a whole scene of comedy clubs out in long island where it's just long island comedians um, really? yeah, and it's like a whole other fucking scene. It's it's you know, you're 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 doing comedy for like the um all lives matter crowd out there. <laughs> you know, it's it's a whole different cool. vibe.
1: That wonderful. Yeah. No, that sounds awful. Uh yeah, I'm never gonna claim to be like a New Yorker, like no New York. Uh, I watched was it finally watched uh, the American experience, Ken Burns, on the history of New York.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was just like, yeah, it was interesting to watch, especially, like, the beginning history of New York. But, like, truly, it's so funny. Like, I don't know. Like, I go there. I go to New York a lot. And I've always been going to New York a lot since I was, like, a kid, because mm-hmm. Yeah, Italian Jewish family, like, there's always going to be going up to New York, we love opera, and I just like, I was just like, I love this place, but it's like so not me. I'm such a, I love small town, like university cities, small towns, and it's just, I don't know. I get you so over- you
0: would like Lincoln, Nebraska? It's a university town. It's a it's a small it's 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 smaller than Omaha.
1: Amazing. Uh, I loved. I mean, the city I love is Pittsburgh. I never been it. there. Oh, it's great.
0: When did you move to Chicago?
1: Like twenty seventeen. Okay. Seventeen. I moved from Tucson. Mm. also a university city.
0: Right.
1: And yeah, I came here to pursue comedy.
0: Why'd you pick Chicago over um, other towns?
1: Um, Cause there's a comedy scene and it wasn't like this big thing, like LA or New York. I always knew like you sort of, the story I always heard was you sort of get your shit together in Chicago. And then when it's time to fly, you go to LA or New York. Hmm. That's what I always heard. And so I was like, I want to build up an act first or, like, sort of get a voice, which didn't happen. But now I'm like, you know, one thing that's kind of nice about comedy is, like, you can never predict where you end up. Mm-hmm. So I would mm-hmm. never would have predicted that... I get into cartooning and I guess I did find my voice. Yeah. And now I'm feeling like it's time to leave. I mean, I just resigned my lease, so like not right away.
0: You're going to leave Chicago?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Where do you want to go next?
1: I don't know. Um, I am thinking maybe like Pittsburgh, like just a place that's, or someplace that's like more... Yeah. I, which is not Pittsburgh, no. But I don't know, just some place that feels like right.
0: Hmm. I so mean, like, well, you know, it it's the you know again, this is a thing that is a byproduct of, of the pandemic more than anything. You can working remotely is going to be a thing. I think that will stay. And so now, especially in the cartooning world, I think you can kind of work from virtually anywhere. I mean, honestly, like. Um, who is it? Michael DeForge works and lives and works in Toronto. They wanted him to come out to LA to work on Adventure Time and he's like, no. And they're like, fine, just send us your stuff. And you know, and, and they just and this was long time ago, like pre pandemic, you know, like twenty ten, eleven, somewhere around there. You know, and if you have work, they'll that's that's something that they want they'll fucking come to you you know and and so you know you don't have to necessarily be in like a big uh city that you have to pay out the ass to uh live in um yeah i I mean i haven't been to chicago in a minute but it it even last time i was there it was getting fairly expensive just like every other giant city you know um but there is a there's a good cartooning scene in chicago i don't know it kind of always has been i mean that's where uh Chris Ware, Dan Klaus doesn't live there anymore, but I think he did, didn't he? Um, and, um, what's that guy's name? Uh, not David Mazzucchelli. Uh, I can't think of it. I can't think of it. I mean, there's Quimby's, there's like all, there's like a big Uh, comics scene, you know, and, and has been for, for like some time, um, you know, in, in Chicago. So it's, it's, you know, it, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I know more cartoonists coming out of Chicago than I know comedians, honestly.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I think honestly, I think the heydays of like Chicago comedy that it peaked, mm-hmm. especially in improv, like I O shut down, and that like really churned out legendary comedy figures that we know of today and that's over with Mm -hmm. and so now there's just sort of this group of lost people who are just like what do we do
0: I mean yeah I mean that's just sort of post-pandemic everywhere though I think everybody's like in New York the vibe is kind of like I think people are ready to go out and start making stuff again and go out and start doing stuff again. Uh, I definitely get the vibe that people are like horny and want to party. So that's been happening a lot. But I think like so far as getting back to like work and making like building new scenes, I think that's just like in its like incipient stages right now.
1: Yeah. It's a small, it's a small step to, Take, I think people just sort of need to feel it out, not force what, how they're going to feel, whether it's horny or at loss, just sort of, I don't know, just sort of like let it go organically because that's really how things turn out well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it gives me some hope that, you know, like we are kind of starting at zero and there's like a lot of the old gatekeepers um are gone or or are no longer relevant and so like now is a chance for independent artists to start building things again from the ground up so yeah hopefully that can be a thing that can um continue
1: yeah i definitely have hope for independent artists building from the ground up i'm always advocating for that Mm -hmm. i always I never like to get keeping and comedy or in general, I think, and like clicks very much stifle innovation because mm-hmm. they just become an echo chamber. Yeah. So here's the hoping to like the end of that.
0: Yeah. Um, well we have just a couple minutes left. Um, I wanted to circle back around a little bit to, uh, mental health again. And, oh. um, And talk a little bit about, um, you know, just what your experience is uh, insofar as that, insofar as uh, getting into therapy and any tools that you're using to kind of manage and and, you know, channel and live with, uh, you know, what's going on in your head.
1: Um, I've been in therapy since I was seven. That's when I got diagnosed. With what? Oh, Depression. Depression. I just, I was always depressed.
0: He you was know, one sad kid. Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just been up and down trying to figure out where I like, where I can sort of reach this like mental equilibrium, like, yeah. Just through this plane and I really thought I sort of like had it together, but then like, pandemic really fucked with that but it's a lot of trial and error and seeing what works for me like treatment wise and I definitely have these periods where I'm like oh wow I was not good to myself back then
0: what did that look like
1: just er erratic behavior but definitely like problem behaviors being exacerbated. Mm-hmm. Um, just like not taking care of myself. Sort of letting things sort of fall apart. And a lot of it was like a lot of emotional eating. Mm-hmm. But this pandemic, I, that didn't happen. So it just shows like I've had some progress and I was thinking like I'm honestly like kind of like doing fine now, like despite the hurdles that we had all just been dealt. Yeah. So it really is just sort of a journey to figure out like where I can just keep tabs on myself.
0: Yeah. This has been said a couple of times, um, but I think that, Uh, A lot of people who have already dealt with depression, anxiety, mental illness in general, were maybe a little bit more well-prepared for what the pandemic brought. Yes. Um, You know, and I, I experienced this first. The first time I really noticed this was in 2016 Um, after the election and everybody was freaking out and was you know just like despair and doom and anxiety and I was just like welcome to my world (laughs) like I've been out here man like I like you know like I'm that dude like out in the fucking cabin with a big beard and I'm just like hunting with a fucking bowie knife and doing push ups and shit and I'm like I'll I'll show you how to I'll show you how to live out here boy and like so you know it's it's like been my thing to live in fear and uh to have a really gloomy uh outlook on the world and how people treat each other and humanity and uh and uh, also frankly not do much in the way of leaving the house, you know? So like, it was, I was already just like, I'm ready. Like, this is, I can do this.
1: I was feeling right. and I was also dealt with an extremely slovenly roommate who is now gone, mm. who they even dominated like the whole common area. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Oh, it was really bad. So they weren't handling it well. And so I was still like, I was even just confined to my bedroom. I would just be in my bed like all day. Yeah. And even then I was like, yeah.
0: Yeah. What's up? I've been here, bitch. I, I can do this.
1: Yeah. Like, I was like, I was at like some sort of social gathering at like a comedy club recently. And so there was all these people around like, and they were saying like, oh, struggling to, they just joke about struggling to interact. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, welcome to my everyday life, bitch.
0: Yeah, no, it's, I mean, like that was, I mean, I've, I tweeted this, like we're all figuring out how to interact again or complaining about having to figure out how to interact again as if we ever really knew how in the first place, you know, like it was always, uh, awkward. I don't know. Um, you do talk a lot about, um, social anxiety. Um, how, how does that manifest itself with you?
1: I mean, just, it's just based off not knowing how to, mm. I consider like more of a social ineptitude than mm. anything else.
0: Do you just like, like, I mean, you. I mean, we've been talking for close to an hour and you can hold a conversation and everything, but like, you know, um, are you, when you're in a social situation or do you tend to withdraw or do you like say weird shit and, like, alienate people? Do you party foul?
1: I say weird shit and then I withdraw. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. definitely, like, get to a point where I'm just like, I, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. Um, And then I, like, I have to have, like, cues, social cues. Yeah. Know what to say. I've had to learn how to socialize through... Uh, observation Mm -hmm. of people to see what is like
0: do you have trouble like do you have trouble reading people's facial expressions when they're when you're talking to them like if you're like off putting them or boring them or whatever and you just like it doesn't register because i mean that's a thing with you know like neurodivergent folks very often you know like that can be just like they, they just literally don't no, like they're not trying to be an asshole. they're just they, they don't fucking know,
1: yeah, yeah, it happens a lot. There are times where I can like it's not all the time where I don't know what's going on or I can't read people's faces, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's definitely like times where I'm like i I truly don't know how to read people, mm. and that just gets uncomfortable, and no, I'm not on the spectrum, <laughs> um it's just like it's just like due to serious
0: social anxiety. Mm. Uh so you you've said that you've found workarounds with that just by observing people?
1: Mhm. I just I just like and read up on like how to like socialize.
0: Right. There's are there self-help books on that and just like how to talk to other Yeah. People? Wow.
1: Someone gave me like a Flirting for Dummies book
0: Mm
1: one. I still don't have the hang of it, and it's been ten years, and I still don't.
0: Since you read the book, or since you learned what flirting is?
1: Because I didn't know what it was. Like I, I just, I can't register flirting. I, I literally can't register it at all. mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah, there's a lot of things I just, like, can't, I just don't know what's going on. Wow. And then I'll just leave a conversation. And that definitely happened. I think it was, like, Friday or Saturday. No, it definitely happened what happens? Saturday.
0: What happened? Walk me through it.
1: Oh, I was just, like, with a, there was just, like, a big gathering of people. Uh-huh. And I didn't know how they were going to interact. And I just ended up leaving because I was just sort of, like, my face was heating up. Mhm. So I was just sort of like I'm out of here. I got to go. Did
0: There's you a- I mean real. did you try like I don't know. I mean for a long time I had a lot of social anxiety and I think what compounded it with with me was I mean I was also like just like untreated depression anxiety, but I also wasn't like I was uh completely sober. I wasn't I wasn't I didn't drink, I didn't do drugs, and then, like, not that I'm advocating for those as a social lubricant, but they do help, but, and the, until they don't, until they, like, make you, like, you know, worse, in some cases, so, right. like, what's, what's your experience with that?
1: It helps, yeah, but I, I'm just, like, not a big drinker, um, mm. I live in, like, a sober, like, a sub-free, like, apartment,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and if I'm gonna enjoy, for me, enjoying a drink, yeah, I do, like, getting, like, there's times where I just, like, want to have fun and party with it, and then there are times where I just sort of, like, want to enjoy it. Yeah. Like, I just can't enjoy beer, <laughs> which sucks, but...
0: Chicago's a big beer town, and uh, you got Goose Island and all that shit, I don't know.
1: Yeah, and all the old, like, yeah. Ch- Cheap beers, which yeah. have their they have their place. Sure, but yeah, I mean it helps sometimes, but it doesn't always help if you don't like if you also don't have the knowledge. Yeah, of how to interact, but it's not to the point where it's detrimental to my life. So I, it's not like dominates my mind all the time.
0: I'll never forget. I was, this was long time ago. Uh, I don't know. 10, 12 years ago. More than that. I don't know. I was, uh, studying abroad. Um, well not studying. I was working abroad. Um, and I was talking to this girl at a party. She was Danish Dutch or something, but you know, her English was good. And, um, I started, I was just talking, like, I, I remember I was, like, going on some uh, rant about Martin Luther King, and she looked at me, and she was just like, I'm gonna go smoke, and she just, like, stepped away, and then, like, later, I was just like, oh, I think, like, I was telling my friend, like, oh, I thought I, I think I weirded that girl out, because I, like, I I think I was boring her with my speech about MLK, and later she came back, and she was just like, why didn't you? come out with me i was trying to get you to come out the door with me to like go have a cigarette and like you know f- continue this conversation and maybe make out with me and i did you you did you just yeah you completely didn't register and i was just like wow i'm stupid huh man i fucking blew that yeah so it's it just like it, it i mean my 20s were just a rash of experiences like that where it was just like much later i was just like what the fuck god damn it you know it was it was a lot of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. It's a lot of that for me too. Um, I will leave a party if someone's flirting with me because I just, I don't know how to interact, so I just like freeze up. Um, when I first moved here, I was like, <laughs> "This is." I was like maybe twenty twenty five pounds lighter, and I just couldn't handle getting hit on because I just didn't know how to interact and I just would prefer to go home and like watch anime Mm -hmm. and hang out with cats mainly watch like anime that like I just sort of like subconsciously like yeah I just like put on weight to be like left alone which is like it worked great but also so weird like kind of fucked but yeah some sometimes you just like yeah you gotta learn how to navigate or figure out like what's important to sort of navigate it all depends it's all what's healthy
0: yeah um, well we're about out of time but this has been great uh, would you um, if people want to find you and your work um, give us your give us your socials give us anything that you would like to plug
1: my social security number is five.
0: <laughs> cool all right
1: yep that's
0: it all right uh well thank you very much um you know for 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 being on the show this was lovely
1: thank you so much for having me
0: okay thank you madeline horwath uh yeah she was she did a funny bit at the end there she actually said her social security number which i bleeped out because i don't want to get in trouble um i you know it's funny funny bit it's funny to just like announce your social security bit on onto a podcast. It's going to be, I don't know if that was actually her number. I'm not going to risk it, so I just bleeped it out. But that's funny. I asked her for socials and she gave me. Yeah, I get it. It's a good. It's, it's a good. She's a. She's a. She's a hoot and a hauler. No, but she's really funny. Um, and uh, it, it was it was a delight talking to her. Follow her. Uh, her actual socials are uh, Madeline Horwath like it sounds uh, on Instagram. Links in the show notes. Just open up, you know, the app you're listening to this on and, and click over. It's very easy. I've made it so easy for you. What are you, stupid? Follow me on socials. On socials? On Twitter? You know, all those. I'm not on Facebook, really. Um, Follow me... Uh, at Bradical Pearson on both Instagram and Twitter follow the show at self worst on Instagram Uh, rate and review that'd be cool Uh, give us a five star rating uh, and you know tell a friend word of mouth uh, spray paint it on a wall walk up to a random stranger and just just accost them tell them to listen to self worst podcast Available on all platforms except Stitcher. Fuck Stitcher. Why do I have a problem with Stitcher? I don't want to get into it right now because I don't remember. All right. Um, I'm going to go. Oh, music by Shay Bartel. Thank you, Shay. Love you, brother. Thank you, Shay, for making music and tunes, soothing music. All right. That's all. Uh, I'm going to go turn the AC back on. I'm going to pass out. All right. Uh, Goodbye. Oh, that's not that fucking outro. Jesus Christ. I'm Brad Pearson. Until next time, go out and fail. It's good for you. Bye.